When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello everybody and welcome to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Ben. How are you? I am doing fine. How are you? I'm also doing fine. Are you prepared and ready for lockdown two, Electric Avenue? I am. Oh, we're going to lockdown two. They're at Electric Avenue. It's going to yeah. be great. Infection um, rates are higher. They are. They're certainly they're going up. Oi! Is it oi or I actually googled it. I don't know why I'm asking. That's a rhetorical question, Peter. Right. I always thought it was oi. Yeah, but it's it's boy. Is it? Lyrics. Yeah. Oh God, I didn't know that. I know. I've not heard that song for a long time. Although I did used to the something that was just incredible for me when I discovered it is that just uh, near my high school um, there was an actual street called Electric Avenue. No way. So. You can only imagine the MySpace and Facebook content that went out based on photos of Electric Avenue. People, Absolutely people rocking down to it <laughs> and so on. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, that's that's cool. There are actual Electric Avenues in real life out there. I don't believe it. We're going to rock it, down to... I don't think it's possible, quite free, frankly. Free Shavokadu. <laughs> this is a video game podcast, we promise. We do talk about video games here. Eventually. And, in fact, uh, did you know that every single week we're sponsored by a relevant video game entity, be that a game or a company or whatever, and uh, for some reason we can't hold on to it for more than one week at a time, which is kind of sad, but we don't let us get it down, do we? What? We don't let it get us down. <laughs> Try that That's... again. That's right, isn't it? We don't let it get us down, do we? That's what you said. I said we don't let us get it down. Oh, did you? Yeah. Uh, well, well we wrong. might. Maybe well, we will get it down. and We get it taken down in, within a week, and then it gets replaced by a new one every single time. So, yeah. uh, But I, to answer your rhetorical question, Ben, I am aware of that, in fact, mm. um, because I've got the ad read for this week's podcast right here. No Ooh. way. Do you do you like watching? Did you say wait? I said no way. Oh, okay, I thought you were like wait. I was like, oh, what's he going to whip out? He's got a rival ad read. We're going to have a, an ad off. We don't. Um, we don't get that much money. We don't, sadly. Um, do you like beloved BBC shows that then get cancelled and then bought by Channel Four so that they can sort of live on and people can watch it with adverts now instead of on the BBC? Yeah, and you sort of lose an elderly presenter in in the process. 
That's right. You do indeed. And then over time, you gain two very sort of strange comedians to replace the just other kind of strange presenting duo that used to used to exist on there. Right. And uh, it really splits the crowd. Yeah, you like shows like that? I love shows like that. Well, coming soon to Channel 5, Ooh. I think. Yeah, the BBC's lost it. It's gone yeah, to Channel 5 now. That's gone down in the world. Yeah, I know. Um, is a brand new show where a bunch of different people from across the country get together with Paul Hollywood and um, Prue's surname, and they, they, they sit inside a tent in the summer in a nice sort of stately home grounds, and they compete to create the best treasure hunter the world has ever seen. That's right. Coming soon, the Great British Drake Off. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there's different weeks that they have to go through. You know, they do like pastry week where uh, the treasure hunter has to um, just be made of pastry. Um, then the week after that is like bread week where he has to be made out of bread. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they just they just work their way through different themes and they get like they shake Paul Hollywood's hand sometimes I think don't really know why uh, apparently that's a really big deal and uh right, and then okay. right at the end the person who wins is the one who's been uh sleeping with Paul Hollywood behind the scenes because that's oh. what happens every every time so when you say drake you mean of uncharted fame well i mean they can make whatever treasure hunter they like but oh, sure okay. i mean i guess i guess that's probably what the title is based on but i mean who am i to say i'm not it's not of... your show no how would you it's prue leith i think is her name or leith prue leith leith okay I don't, I don't know something like that but uh yeah so whoever sick parvises the most magna magna Mm. Yeah, that's it. Check yeah. my tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, gets the gets to what are you saying? Sleep with Paul Hollywood? Is that the? Is that no? The that's win? not the prize. That's oh, how that's you just win. how you get the prize. Yeah. Is that yeah. it? Is there any truth? Is there any truth to that? Well, there's there's like theories that Paul Hollywood just kind of he doesn't necessarily they don't necessarily win, but they stay in the show for a lot longer than they should because they're pretty. Um. So. And I think that one of like a couple of seasons ago, there was actually tabloid paparazzi evidence of Paul Hollywood like actually kissing on the mouth. No, with, I mean that might not be true. I don't know. Citation well, with one of the flans. With one of the flans, yeah, he kissed the flan right on the mouth. That's disgusting. And it stayed in a lot longer than it should have done. I don't like. I don't know how very, I feel about that. Very um, sus, as the kids are saying nowadays. Sus, yes, sus. that's a video yeah. game reference. It is <laughs> one that you and I refuse to play at a principle. Yeah. You know what else is sus? What's that? That this would ever be a real show because it's not. It's fake. Oh, thank goodness! I knew Paul Hollywood was a bastion of moral integrity. Yeah, me too. You only need to look at that beard. Jesus had a beard. Jesus did have a beard, and yeah. and, and was white. He was he Caucasian. Was white <laughs> and a man. Yeah, and that's. That's Jesus right there. Mm, yeah. Um, no. Okay. That's not. That's not real. Which is good because I just. I was sort of worrying for a minute that I'm already so far out outside of the of the cultural zeitgeist in regard to watching Great British Bake Off in that I've never watched it and I mm. don't really care that much to watch it. I was worrying that I was going to be missing out on another show, uh, albeit yeah. with an abstract treasure hunting theme. Rest assured, I don't watch it either, but. It 
it happens to be on the television in my house once a week and I, I take myself off to my computer and watch Star Wars instead. <laughs> nice. Um, like a grown like a grown up. Like a grown up, yeah. Um not like those children up and down the nation who are watching shows about cake and biscuits. God, eat an apple. <laughs> Just waiting for them to hang on. Yep. They finished their apples yet? Wow, stay away, doctors. Am I right? Yeah, stay away. That's it. Is it time to talk about video games? Probably. Yeah. 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 Well, I will say my my bit that I meant to say here about how God, my brain's all over the. There's a lot going on this week. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there is. Isn't oh, there? Um, yeah. Just go around that. Yeah, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that here because people need an escape. We need an escape. So here mm. we are talking about anything but video games for some reason. Yeah. Uh, no, of course that wasn't real. The true sponsors of this show come from our wonderful uh, patrons or are our wonderful patrons, I should say, at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where there's a load of tiers and you can support us financially at any of them, getting nice perks and so on. But for as little as one dollar per month, you will get access to the weekly podcast question post where you can submit your questions and we may answer them here. Oh, we may. I've got a question before we get going. Mm. Where are we walking today? Uh, On sunshine. Oh, whoa. And don't you feel good? Or is it, it's not whoa, it's boy. Boy. Oi. I prefer oi. I think that's better. Yeah. Um, I've also got another question, but this one was submitted by a patron. Oh, my goodness. Brian Cahill or Carhill, not sure. Um, Send us a phonetic spelling of your surname, Brian. Uh, Says, hello, lads. Is there any game that you'd remove from a series if given the chance? This could be a subpar sequel or a spin-off that you feel just doesn't sit well with the rest of the series. Personally, while I love the Metal Gear series, I absolutely hated the Metal Gear Acid entry, which was basically a card game. Yes. All the best. Thank, Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, the Metal Gear Acid, I played a little bit of that one for one of the launch videos, and it's mm. just it's so weird. Right. It's just such a yeah. strange direction to... T- I mean, that's a series that's taken many strange directions. I was going to say, not like Metal Gear to be weird, is it? It's but, just uh, the fact that it's presented visually mm. as a Metal Gear Solid game. And then it's like, actually, no, <laughs> you've got to use cards to move. Yeah, oh. that's, that's odd. Considering Very that odd. they then went on to make uh, Peace Walker on the same console or the same handheld, I should say. It's like, well, you could have done that. could have done mm-hmm. that ages ago. Yeah. Don't mind alone, yeah. never mind. I've got some obvious ones and some controversial ones. Okay, um, go for it. Fallout seventy six. Yeah, get out of here. I was I was going to say. I mean, I've I've not played it much, but uh, I you know, its reputation reputation precedes it. So, yes. Yeah. I have a level one hundred character and I have the platinum trophy. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Get out. Yeah, that's another one. Stop it. it. Shouldn't exist. Resistance Burning Skies for the PlayStation Vita. Uh, okay. Yeah. That one was really bad, developed by an external studio. There was a, another portable resistance game on PSP called... Oh, Resistance... Oh, God, what is, is it? Is that the name of... That's really weird, mate. I don't know how to spell it. Uh, mm. PSP Resist- Resistance Retribution. I should know because I have it, and I have the special edition that has postcards in it. Oh, wow. Did you send them to your nan? No, I thought, nan doesn't deserve them. They should stay in the box. Um, So I've still got those. But yes, uh, Resistance Retribution was actually really good. Uh, But Burning Skies was terrible. Really, Mm -hmm. really bad. Um, And and it was awful. And I did get the Platinum Trophy in it, but it's terrible. 
and you shouldn't play it. Yeah. And the other three I've got, these are my these are my controversial ones. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, really? Purely. Well, I really like that. Purely by virtue of the fact that people say it's better than seven, and I oh, don't, okay. and I don't get it. <laughs> it's got a gun sword in it. Ben. It does it's have got, a gun it's got sword. Gun in it. mummies. It's really angsty, and mm. Final Fantasy VII was pretty angsty. Yeah. Um, no, I, th- I think f- to to be clear, I think Final Fantasy VIII is very good, and I played. I think I played all the way through to the last disc, but never finished it. Uh, but some some people, some people. You, you know, you know the types who are just like, oh, Final Fantasy VII, uh, Final Fantasy VIII is where it's at, and they're just like in the super minority, and you're just like, shut up, you, you kidding, Sephiroth, Buster's big crazy sword, get a, Buster's big crazy sword, yeah, Buster, that's the I, name he's of my the, favorite character, that's the name of the spin-off game, <laughs> yeah, Weekend um, of Busters. I uh, I've um, brought along a game for almost the opposite reasons, where it's like. I don't necessarily want the game to go, but mm. because of the reputation it brought to the series, I wish it never existed because everyone else kind of doesn't like the series now. But do carry on. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay, yeah, I've got two more mm. uh, for similar reasons, but actually I have finished this one and I just didn't enjoy it as much. Metal Gear Solid 2. And this right. is these these choices are sort of like, as I said, extreme examples, like mm. gun to my head, you have to get rid of one. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I know, we've just talked about Metal Gear Acid, but I'm talking in in terms of the core Metal Gear Solid numbered games. Yeah, two is a good game, but you don't mm. play as Snake. They do that fake out, and you play as Raiden. I don't really care about Raiden. The story in that game started to get absolutely bonkers, and it has some great moments, like where the Colonel, whatever he's called, goes insane and yeah. starts spouting off lots of weird fourth wall breaking nonsense. Uh, which, you know, is great. But on the whole, I just found it um, as I played Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3 over the course of a summer, yeah, uh, like seven or eight years ago. And that one was by far my least favorite. So I'd get rid of Metal Gear Solid 2. And the last one, Peter, <laughs> is Skyrim. Oh, goodness it's me. It's gone. Get out of here. You're, you're just because you're bored of it. I just don't want Yeah, reasons. just because I'm bored of it. And also because it will never, ever go away. We are going to get a version on PS5 and mm. Xbox uh, Series X and so on. It's going to happen again. They're going to keep releasing it. It's a meme now, which means it's okay because you can joke about it still being there. It's like when games do that very clever fourth wall break and they say, Oh, you've got to collect 30 things. 30 things? What am I, in a video game? And it's like, that doesn't take away from the fact that you're still making me do this really tedious thing. Mm -hmm. You're just just joking about it. Yeah, Skyrim, get out. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Well, I've got one that might actually upset you in the way that um, you've upset some some Final Fantasy VIII fans, (laughs) actually. Um, I would get rid of Spyro 3. How dare you? Yeah. Was the skateboarding not cool enough? I mean, actually, I don't mind the skateboarding. It's one of my... I think it's one of the highlights of the game. Um, But, like, I didn't like playing as the new characters. Um, I thought some of the new worlds had, like, slightly strange themes to them. Like, the previous two games seemed a bit more coherent. And then there was, like, a haunted ship level. And, a (laughs) like, I don't know. That seems like... A theme for a level, but not a theme for an, an organic, believable world. Whereas the previous two games, I think, like the you could believe that like people just lived there all the time. Mm. Whereas no one lives 
in a place that's just a haunted ship full of ghosts, I don't think, apart from ghosts. Yeah, ghosts live there. There was a fireworks factory, which admittedly, you know, it's a good level, but it was like a fireworks factory full of ninjas. Like, what is that? That's not, I don't understand what that is. Uh, it's just a just strange choice. Um, I, I don't know. It's 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 not a terrible game, but I think it's it's just my least favorite. And I guess what I'm the thing that bothers me the most or worries me the most is because Spyro Three is where it really started to deviate from a kind of magical world. Spyro One and Spyro Two to an extent was quite magical based. Um, I think Spyro Three it got a bit more technological in certain places. There's lots of like guns in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm worried that if they do a Spyro 4, they'll go off the back of Spyro 3 rather than off the back of Spyro 1 and 2 in terms of theming and stuff, and that it's going to just go somewhere I don't want it to go. So that's that's the main thing. Uh, the one where it's like the opposite reasoning, where everyone else probably wants to get rid of this, and I sort of don't, but just to kind of um, to take away the, the black mark in this series' copybook, I would uh, get rid of Battlefront 2 of 20... Yeah. 18 or whatever it was um was it 17 i think 17 yeah yeah um you know i've i've said before i've sort of defended that game parts of that game anyway like the loot crates totally inexcusable i would get rid of those in a heartbeat like they should be gone they should never have been there um but you know i enjoyed the story enough um i enjoyed the gameplay a fair bit playing online and stuff looks great sounds great um, you know, so I think this it's got it's got redeeming qualities, but I just don't like the fact that it's it's ruined the Battlefront series now. And if Battlefront three ever comes out with like big lofty promises, no one's ever going to believe them. And that game is not going to do well. I don't think it'll do well enough probably because some people just buy EA games whatever they do. But uh, so so it's not going to necessarily kill the series financially. If I hello financially, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it's it's ruined its reputation for sure. Um, so, so that, and then, uh, the, the other one, um, is Orcs Must Die Unchained, Oh, which is, um, so I was a massive fan of Orcs Must Die 1 and 2, it's a PC game, tower defense, where you, you, uh, instead of a top-down tower defense, you're, you're down on the ground as a guy with a crossbow or, you know, various other weapons, you place your traps around, and then when the waves come, you're also just like using a weapon to attack enemies while the traps are going, which was, you know, it's a fun, fun blend of uh, kind of hack and slash third person and tower defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and two were really good. They were just like that. Number three's just come out on Stadia at the moment, timed exclusive. I'm going to wait for it to come out on Steam. Uh, but Orcs Must Die Unchained came out between two and three. And it was basically a MOBA. Um, Everyone but, loves again, MOBAs. Oh, everyone loves MOBAs so much. Um, I mean, I hate MOBAs to begin with, but especially when they take a series that I really love and was like looking forward to a sequel of, uh, and yeah, just completely deviate from what it used to be. So you've got like lanes and you know minions or whatever, and you have to sort of ex- escort little armies up lanes and fight other heroes and. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I don't know. It's horrible. And MOBAs normally have horrible, toxic communities as well, as a general rule. So, yeah, F that one right off. And <laughs> also bring the third one out on Steam soon, please. It's a timed exclusive, and they won't say when they're bringing it out uh, away from Stadia, which is very annoying. Awful. But there you go. Yeah. Wow. Well, there we are. We've put the world to rights there. We certainly have. That was a that was a big discussion almost. G- gigantic, um, quite frankly. 
Yeah. It's time, though, Peter, to do something else. Mm-hmm. It's the bit. The bit. Where we talk. Yeah. About. About what? We. We. Pl- playing! <laughs> it's time for what we playing. Peter, what are you playing? Oh, I've been playing... Um, I mean, I've played a little bit more Crash Bandicoot 4 in my own time, continuing to stream it as well. Um, I've only I've only had one session, though, uh, of, of personal Crash time since the last stream. Instead, I finally moved on to Star Wars Squ- uh, Squadrons, which uh, I've... Other than playing a little bit for our Quipscope and doing some first impressions, I've, uh, I've very much just left that on the sidelines, partly because I was focusing so much on Crash... Uh, but also because I knew that there were um, some references to Star Wars Rebels in it, and I wanted to finish watching Rebels, which I have now, before I uh, played Squadrons. I knew they weren't going to be like integral kind of references, but I quite like to go, oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, 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 I understand that. <laughs> oh, look, it's the Millennium Falcon. Oh, there it is. Yeah, the Millionaire Falcon. So um, I've been playing that. Oh, God, I... I really want to like it, and it's making it so hard, and I'm putting in all the flipping work to like it, and it's just throwing <laughs> it back in my face, right? So there's there's some, like, in some ways, I, just, I started to like it a lot more than the initial first impressions that I gave, because I only played, like, an hour of it initially, and um, I like the idea that there's, like, the controls are, are actually more... Um, detailed than i thought they were and one of the gripes i had in um either in our quipscope or i think maybe we might have touched on it in a um in a, in a podcast at the time as well i complained that if you use the targeting system you can target like your allies as well which is like really weird and it's like why is that an option why i don't understand that mm-hmm. um but there's a a targeting wheel you can bring up if you hold down the targeting button brings up a whole wheel like you know like a weapons wheel or whatever um with a list of like different types of targeting that you can run through so you can select it so it will only target enemy fighters or it will only target your objectives or it will only target um like flagship systems or whatever so that's useful it's good to have that um and i understand why they do allow you to target your friendlies because um if you're playing a support class you can like shoot shields and uh, like ammo to to your friends, um, and also if you're playing certainly in single player, and I guess also in multiplayer too, you can give squad commands based on like targeting friendly units. So you can say like defend that person, and you have to like target them and press a button. So that kind of makes sense. But yeah, it, it annoyed me that I couldn't just cycle through uh, fighters, but you can. So that's good. Also, um, as well as the the power management system where you can like direct power to either your engines, your weapons, or your shields, you can, within the shield's uh, power, you can uh, angle the shields forwards or backwards. So if you're, like, charging towards a Star Destroyer, you can set your shields just to, like, the nose of your fighter, which is really good. Or if someone's, like, chasing you behind, you can divert all your shield power to the back of your ship so that they can't get you. So... I realized, like, oh, this is quite, this is, like, more nuanced than I thought. Um, and then I got to fly, like, an A-Wing for the first time, which is super fun. Like, its its guns just go d- incredibly fast, like, double speed. 
So I was like, oh, this is, yeah, I'm enjoying this now. Oh, and there's like drifting as well. That's that's crazy. Um, I've I saw them, uh, I've seen them do that in another game. I can't think what it was. Not not a Star Wars game, but I thought, oh man, I'd love to like drift in a spaceship. Um, and uh, yeah, if you like boost in this game, you can then like go into this like wild turn. It kind of do a bit of a, a sort of a Poe Dameron move. And uh, it, it, so there's a lot to it. Unfortunately, though, I still yeah. miss being in third person a lot. Like, I really, really find it a bit kind of um, not claustrophobic, but you just can't see stuff. And it's so hard to, like, follow enemy ships at times, even with, like, the heads-up display, which tells you where they are and stuff. You know, I find that very, very difficult. And it keeps locking up on me. I keep hard-locking constantly. Really? Yeah. So... I was uh, in like the second level or something and I'd used all of my missile ammo or something. And it being early on in the game, I was still getting um, little tooltips or whatever, like little little bits of tutorial coming up. And um, it, it was something I'd already been told about. If you hold down triangle, your support ship can come and like fire, fire a crate at you to like resupply. And so I was out of ammo and I was just about to press it and then as I pressed it, it brought up the thing saying, press triangle to, you know, you can press triangle to like get an ammo supply. Um, and when it does that, it like pauses the game. So it like, you know, it pauses the game and the text comes up. And because I'd already pressed it, the only way to get away from that tooltip is, is to press it and like do the command that it's telling you to do. But because I'd already done it, I couldn't do it. And so I was just stuck and I couldn't <laughs> pause the game. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. So that was that. And I still get it now. Uh, just in the lobby, in the in the in the hangar of the ship. If I go into a conversa- uh, conversation with my teammate, because it's a bit sort of not in the same way, but it's a bit sort of Mass Effecty. In the in between missions, you can like just chat to members of the team, and they say different things and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I if I talk to like a, a person, I'd say there's like a forty percent chance that when it then fades out and fades back to the hangar. Um, the hangar's all still like moving around and animated and there's people walking around and sound effects and stuff. But none of my buttons work other than I can pause the game and go down to like quit to main menu. But I can't, I can't do anything. I can't look around. I can't get into a ship. I'm just facing the character I was just talking to who normally walks away. So I'm just facing an, an empty corner of the room. Mm-hmm. And I just can't look around or do anything. So it's really it's really grinding my gears that I'm like finding things that I like about this game. I like the references to the Rebels and the Expanded Universe and stuff. But it's just making it unpleasant to play. It's also like unnecessarily difficult as well, I think, based on the fact that it's so hard to see other fighters and stuff. So anyway, that's that's my rant. I've been needing to tell someone about that this week because I'm... <laughs> It's, I think I've had to restart the game or restart, like, quit to main menu and go back to the campaign, like, I don't know, five times so far, Jesus. which is just ridiculous in, you know, I'm talking like three sessions, maybe. So uh, that is ridiculous. Yeah, it is stupid. Um, and oh. they've they've done like two updates since launch and they've not fixed that issue. So brilliant. Uh, what have you been playing? Hope you've been having a better time than I have. Yeah, well, I, I, as as we discussed at the time, I I'm glad that I made the call to just sort of abandon that game. Yeah, when I did, because I think it would have been just uh, 
maybe I would have just gotten very frustrated forcing myself to play through the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I, I hope it improves for you. If it worked, if that was, if it wasn't locking up, I think I'd be having, uh, you know, a, an okay time. Like I'd mm-hmm. be enjoying it enough, but not allowed. Yeah. Not allowed. Uh, I finished off Days Gone and I got the platinum trophy in that game. It's fine. Right. It's, it's fine. Like I, I genuinely think the characters and the and the the actors and and so on is really good and and quite compelling. Like their their stories, but it all again, as I said last week, it all feels very convenient that everything is resolved in this tiny little map. You know, mm, I'm not saying yeah. the map is tiny, but I mean on a global scale in terms yeah. of this this issue, it's all like all the development is happening right here. Um, and you know, it's it just it just wrapped up really quick. Uh, like it felt like it had you know the legs to go to go further, but it didn't. And that's okay because it was a really long game anyway, like surprisingly long. Right. And I did on the whole enjoy it. And I think on the whole, it's a good game, but I had a lot of bugs and a lot of glitches. And I think there's a lot of stuff that needs refining. Uh, but I'm optimistic if they're allowed to develop a sequel that that they will learn from that. And, uh, and that uh, you know, it ends if you keep playing for about an hour after the, the story finishes, there's an additional scene that sets things up for the for the potential sequel, which I am, you know, looking forward to seeing if it comes out. So there we okay. go. Done that. Mm. Also played Old Man's Journey. Right. Yes. That's an indie game. It's very pretty. And mm-hmm. basically you you have to manipulate the terrain. So it's a it's a it's a from a 2D perspective and it's sort of like a point and click in that you you press the X button or whatever button. Um, I think it's actually bound to almost every button on the controller. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you click, you, your your old man will walk there. But you need to make sure that the the different sort of layers of of, for example, hills are touching one another in a way that the the old man can hop between them. You know, right. it's sort of like a depth of field sort of thing where he hops up the different uh, layers, hmm. and you have to progress through the various levels and then you get you know little flashback sequences and there's no voiceover or or dialogue or anything like that it's just sort of one old man's journey and it tells a nice a very sweet little emotional story about the old man's life and where he is going why he is going on this journey and Mm -hmm. uh and it also has a very easy platinum so (laughs) i got the platinum in that too it's currently one pound fifty or something like that in the playstation sale so if you're interested Go check it out. It is a good game. Uh, played a bit more of Spooky Warzone before it disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was fun. Like that. Good stuff. Gone now, presumably. So back to vanilla Warzone. <laughs> and uh, last night I started Life is Strange Before the Storm, which uh, I have criticized in the past, Life is Strange, just because I felt like there were too many spin off series and I wasn't really sure. I think they were developed by different studios as well, and some of them would. Uh, there was some confusion on my part about whether they were considered canon or part of the main story. Right. But I think I've got it. I think I've got it nailed down now in terms of the order. Both season two and Before the Storm were uh, on sale, so mm-hmm. I bought them both. And Before the Storm is set before season one, which I have played, and uh, and so far. I'm I'm kind of enjoying it. It does it does its thing very well of the twists and the turns and the oh you weren't expecting that were you? It is still very very 
teen angst. Like, it, there's a lot of stuff where she is just the person you play as. She's so horrible to her mum. And there's like, you can't not be horrible. Every oh, so gosh. often there's an opportunity to be nice to her. But she'll get like text messages on her phone that you can look at. And it's like, I, I need my daughter, please come home. Or are you going to come home tonight? It would be good to see you. And your character's like, nah, I hate this place. I'm, I need to escape. And it's like, oh, God, you're so terrible. <laughs> you're so, your poor mother. Um, so I'm really, I'm really siding on uh, team mum in the, in yeah. the but uh, I, I, you know, it's it's got its charms. It's a bit awkward and very cringe in a lot of ways. But so was season one, and I've heard season two is actually a, a real departure in that sense. So I'm looking forward to getting there. But uh, yeah, playing through that. Um, there's there's three chapters in, or three episodes, I should say, in Before the Storm, and I finished two last night. So I'll probably finish it off uh, this weekend. I would have thought. Lovely, fantastic. Yeah. Well, there we go. Uh, we've got another question, Ben. Have we not? Yeah, this is from, I believe, Seri. Would you say that's Seri? Um, I mean, it looks like Seri. I think I've seen Kerry spelt like that, though. C-E-R-I. Okay. I C-E-R-I. Think so it's Seri or Kerry. Um, Roberts. Hmm. That's the last name. We'll just call them Roberts. Yeah. Roberts asks, Hello <laughs> from a very quiet, long-time listener slash viewer. Now that the PS5 DualSense controller has gotten into the hands of many reviewers, it's getting fantastic feedback and being labelled as a game changer. What kind Mm. of potential do you think the new haptics and adaptive trigger will have beyond racing and shooting games? I know Dwayne Quage is going to have a field day. That's very true. And are there any other previous gimmicks you can think of that, when used well, made them worth having? Stay safe, and thanks for keeping up with the quality entertainment, especially this year. Thank you, Roberts. Thank you, Roberts. It's like being a schoolmaster. <laughs> yeah, Roberts. Roberts. Um, very excited to get get my hands on this dual sense. It looks and sounds very intriguing. Mm. Um, I think um, something that I thought will probably work quite well is um, I mean, it depends. It depends how the um, the sort of resistant triggers really work and whether like what I'm about to suggest would just slowly break the the mechanism over time or this is actually how they work but um i like the idea that you know for for decades now we've been doing quick time events where when someone is like when your character is like pushing something or like really straining the way that that is um translated into the controller is to mash a button Mm -hmm. and really that doesn't make so much sense i guess it makes sense overall in the sense that your thumb is is gonna run out of run out of I was gonna say run out of puff, but I think you have to say run out of linear nowadays. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, so it's it's still the idea that like, oh, you know, uh, oh, I'm gonna I'm I'm running out of juice I'm here. Physically exerting myself. Exactly, but not in the same. You know, a push is one long strained movement, whereas a mash is tap 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 tap, and that that's not the same. You mm. know, that's not the same kind of exertion. Um. So I like the idea that the triggers, if they can be like really resistant and you have to like really squeeze them down, like maybe both triggers. Um, and if that's not going to break the, the thing. Yeah, over I'm time, scared of breaking them. Yeah. Then uh, I think that could work quite well. Like the like feeling something push back against you. You know, that would I think that would be a really good way to translate, you know, trying to shove a boulder out of the way rather than mash, 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 mash. Um, so that's that's one thing I'm looking forward to seeing. You know, maybe that'll be uh, maybe that'll be uh, implemented. Um, as for the the haptic feedback, 
I mean, this is something I think we it's, you probably, it's hard for us to even know exactly how this is going to feel until we get it in our hands. But like they're saying that you can kind of get different sensations from the way that the uh, controller rumbles. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get almost a, a bouncing off sensation and, you know, almost like different materials and things. Um, so I wonder if there's going to be some sort of crazy indie game um, or, or like a, a sequence within a, a more mainstream game where perhaps the lights go out and you have to literally feel your way along somehow by, I don't know, like maybe you can just just about make out your character on screen and you would move them around with your thumbsticks. And when they like bump into a wall, you can't see the wall, but maybe you get a little bump on like the left side of your controller and then on the right side of your controller and you're, you're, you're bumping your way along the room or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. There's, there's all kinds of uh, uses for these things that, I'm sure we can't even think of here and now. And some people are going to come out with like really innovative, clever ways of, uh, of yeah, like um, making the best of these new features. Yeah. What, do, what about you? Have you got any ideas? Yeah. I mean, part of me is concerned that these will quickly either be ignored as functionality mm. or, yeah. you know, they'll just be resigned for uh, to, to gimmicky use. But I think inherently they are gimmicky and that's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I think mm. the the gimmicky part of it is what I'm sort of most excited for. I don't think it should be shoehorned in to games where it doesn't need to be there, but certainly side activities like fishing, for example, in games yeah. could really be improved uh, with, with that kind of stuff. Imagine Stardew Valley or Minecraft having more feedback through the haptics and also the, the adaptive triggers um, mm. based on the resistance you're getting, the crapper your tools are, for example. Yeah, yeah. And the better your equipment and gear, the easier it is, or the less resistance you have, the less vibration, the less uh, you know you have to fight against the triggers to actually use them. Um, mm. Part of me is a little worried as well that, that it will affect accessibility for people who potentially would struggle with that sure from yeah. sort of a motor function perspective uh, but i i would like to imagine that that stuff can just be turned off in the settings. especially nowadays yeah you know accessibility absolutely. is going up and up constantly and you know even in the i would say this year alone like has seen a massive step up oh, in yeah huge accessibility on gaming huge leaps uh but in general i'm really excited it's difficult for me to i can imagine the use of the triggers more than i can imagine the use of the, yeah. the vibration i think we we all need to get hands on with it before mm. we can sort of see what it can do but by all accounts uh, Astro's Playroom is not only a you know built from the ground up to showcase what the controller and the PS5 can do but it's also really really good like it's meant right. to be a really good game someone described it i think someone from Polygon described it as the best pack in game since Wii Sports so right. and everyone gets it if people didn't know that comes pre-installed on your PS5 and mm-hmm. it's meant to be amazing Astrobot Rescue Mission is I think one of the best PlayStation VR games and is also just a fantastic platformer in general. So if this is anything like that, but obviously not in VR, then uh, then we're in for a real treat and we'll be able to see what what this thing can actually do. Yeah, I like the idea of fishing. Actually, that's a good idea. And you could, uh, you know, if you like, maybe cast your line into the water and you have to maybe you have to hold your trigger sort of at half at half mast. Yes. Um, and if you get a bite, then maybe it would push back against your your held finger mm. or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's trying then... to release, and you've got to keep it held down or something. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Interesting. It could be good. Mm. Uh, what What do you think? You got any other gimmicks that you think have worked well when used properly? Also, yeah, David Cage is going to make some amazing stuff. Yeah, with it. yeah, definitely. Um, oh yeah, I didn't even write a, write any notes for that part of the question. Um, I don't know. Um, I like the six think, axis. Yeah, I think the six axis. I've I've not played that many games that have ever used it. Um, I played a what was it called? Raid? No, what's it called? The Dragon Game. Lair. Uh, Lair, yeah. I knew it was a four-letter word with an A and an I in it. Yes. But, uh, yeah. It's come together uh, beautifully. It did come together beautifully. Um, I think the touchpad is quite fun, actually. Um, again, it's not something that's used very often. Um, I thought it worked quite well in um, uh, Trine, though, actually. Mm. Um, and I know, obviously, Trine was on Steam as well, so it's not like a... Uh, it, was, it was probably kind of a very much a gimmick on the on the playstation version that they were like oh we could i guess we could use this touchpad maybe um you know th- throw that in there uh but you know it was quite good for actually when the three of us were playing trine to in in trying to explain like oh we need to move that bit down there and pull that across there you could actually just quickly slide your finger along the touchpad and your indicator would come up on screen you'd have like a little colored crosshair and you could like move the crosshair very quickly by just sliding your thumb around and you know it was it was like a like having a laser pointer i guess yeah. um so i thought that worked well on trying um yeah yeah i don't know it's hard to say i mean in a sense the Wii is an entire gimmick isn't it and w- irrespective of the fact that i i never had a Wii, um i know that it did very well and uh you know my one of my friends had one uh so that that whole thing is in in some ways a bit of a gimmicky console and that that was a huge success mm-hmm. in its own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely was. Um, to go back to the six axis quickly, I know it. Uh, it was honestly a little wonky in that it barely worked. You know, yeah. I loved um, all of that game company's games on PS3: uh, Flow, Flower, and Journey. And mm. Flower, I thought, was one of the one of the best games on ps3 when it was exclusive at the time and i thought it was just beautiful the soundtrack was amazing and it was a really gorgeous game with a great concept and and i I loved it but wrestling with the six axis to steer the wind was one of the was one of the toughest things Mm, uh, that game had going for it. it was really hard when it worked it was great but it just the technology wasn't good enough for it to work properly. But there were times where it was used well. Like in Uncharted Drake's Fortune, when you threw a grenade, you could use the six axis to tilt the controller back and forth to change the arc of your yeah. grenade. And I found that to be so much faster and more effective than using the thumbstick to do it. And mm-hmm. I thought little things like that, I, I really welcome those. But then in the same game, when you're walking over logs, and they just completely did away with this in... Uh, in in two and three and also in the um the nathan drake collection on ps4 so you never have to do it but when you're walking across logs in the original one you had to balance drake using yeah. the terrible six axis which again barely worked uh because it wasn't calibrated properly or just the technology was crap so there you know it swings and roundabouts but i think it used sparingly and hopefully that'll be the case with the uh with with the ps5 dual sense stuff it can be really good yeah yeah i think it's again it's always just a case of cleverer people than you or i Mm. like coming up with you know ingenious 
uses of these things. Hopefully, hopefully it, it doesn't just sort of die and it's just this gimmick that was added and used for a year and then no one ever touched it again. Yeah, we um, will see. Mm. We will see. Right, it's time to move on to something very strange. Yeah, and it's, weird um, and and new. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Weird news time. It's time for weird news. What have you got, Peter? Okay, well, I've got one that can't go in the YouTube title, so here we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is according to Screen Rant, uh, and actually, I should say, it was sent to me via Twitter Dumb uh, by Neil, I think, Lawton. It's spelled laugh and then T-O-N, so maybe it's Lafton, but probably not. might be Lawton. Okay. Uh, that's the problem when you've got a GHT in any word in the English language. God knows how it's pronounced. Um, but thank you, Neil. Uh, so, here we go. <sighs> I almost don't want to read this out, but um, okay. Watchdog's Legion, mm. uh, Watchdog Legion's unique recruit system mistakenly creates pedo character. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um Watchdogs has had a really hard time with this. You remember, was it in two where they completely modelled women's genitalia on oh some God, of the NPCs, yeah. and that like they would fall over in the street, and then you could see everything. Yeah. Someone on PS4 took a screenshot and shared it on Twitter, like, "What the hell is this?" And they got banned from PSN, yeah, for sharing it, yeah, because it was pornographic, and it was like it was I, pornographic. I just yeah. shared a thing that was in my game that you approved, yeah. Sony. Oh, those crazy French, crazy French people. Yeah. What are they like, eh? Um, Watchdogs Legion's ambitious recruit system can mistakenly generate a minor sex offender, which could be avoided, uh, which could have been avoided with a small amount of effort, it says. Uh, So this is written by Dmitry Lapunov on Screen Rant. Um, You can see, once this... Once you see how this has happened, you can very much see how this has happened, but it's just silly. 
Um, the ambitious recruit system present in Watch Dogs Legion has resulted in mistakenly creating a paedophile character, which is almost certainly not one of the gameplay outcomes Ubisoft was expecting. While recruiting new operatives, it's an imp uh, while recruiting new operatives is an important part of the game. Sorry, it's hard to imagine that such an inappropriately random citizen could have ever been on a player's shortlist to be included in a team of hacker rebels. Watch Dogs Legion strongly relies on its central character recruitment system, which allows players to enlist almost any randomly generated, not-so-non-playable characters in the game, and brings them into the fold of the protagonist's group, DeadSec. Gathering a group of civilians to fight the evil of the Albion Corporation, brutally controlling post-Brexit London, is the game's premise, and the titular Legion, in the subtitle, alludes to this core mechanic. Before trying to hire any new operatives, however, players can view their procedurally generated stats and brief backstories that the series is well known for, but a small sampling of those random characters are sure to give players pause. That entire part of the article could have just not been included, but we've, we're finally getting to the meat here. Yeah, now we know what Watch Dogs Legion is. Yeah. As spotted by Andy Borges, Watch Dogs Le which is a Twitter user, Watch Dogs Legion recruitment system, uh, uh, Watch Dogs Legion's recruitment system's absolute worst occupation and backstory combo is a pediatrician who engages in inappropriate relationships with their minor patients. No, what? Upon being analysed by the current player's uh, player character's phone, randomised. Uh, rand this is written really strangely. Randomized Shannon Dickey, which is the person's name, sort of uh, unfortunate, really, is exposed as a doctor, pediatrician, that recently quote ended her personal uh, ended her personal relationship with a patient. Oh my god! So you can see that, like you know, it's probably got like hundreds and hundreds of occupations available in the occupation database that it pulls from. One of them is paediatrician. It's also got thousands probably of different kinds of uh, little bits of bio. And it pulled the one, ended her personal relationship with a patient recently. Of course, paediatricians are child doctors, meaning that she had a relationship with a child, which is very strange. Um mm -hmm. The article goes on, though it may generate some shock laughter, this randomly generated backstory is disturbingly wrong on every level and utterly unacceptable for any developer, especially so for Ubisoft with its vibrant history of violent, sexual and other types of abuse. Uh, it's confounding, as this combination could have easily been avoided uh, or restricted uh, by not allowing those two characteristics to be as assigned to a character simultaneously. Even better, the company could have excluded any child-related professions from the game completely. Instead, accidental paedophiles roam the streets of London in Watch Dogs Legion. Wow. Uh, that game hasn't gotten off to the best start anyway. No, it's glitchy, apparently. It's uh, very glitchy. Critically as well. Not, not performing... No. Uh, two expectations, and now this. Yeah, I I wanted to give it a go, and I was going to, and then I just thought, I don't want to just play as a bunch of nobodies, you know? I don't want to just... I want to have a protagonist. I don't mind being... If there was a lead character, and then you were able to just recruit a bunch of other random people and play as them and stuff, but there's still a lead character to anchor the whole thing, then I'd be interested. But to me, it just seems really strange to to, you know, presumably have people hired and then die and then 
hire new people. I know it's a bit like XCOM or something like that, but that's a different genre entirely. You know, that's about these soldiers going out and sacrificing themselves, whereas this is a third-person Ubisoft open-world RPG where you don't play as the same character for the entire game. That's just very strange to me. Um, so I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to get it. I, I might still do eventually, but I'll finish, uh, finish Star Wars first. I'm just not interested. Yeah. A lot of the reviews have said that it, oh, it's another, it's another Watch Dogs. And it's yeah. like, great. Well, the last two would, were just Ubisoft games. When is it going to change? I know they're switching up all their management and stuff. And so maybe, you know, in the next two to three years, we get something different. Maybe Valhalla is good. Yeah. Too. I hope Assassin's so. Creed Valhalla, but. I just don't like. I just don't care about these games, and mm. uh, and that's on them. Yeah, I'm also. I I do like um, depictions of Britain <clears throat> in video games. Mm. It doesn't happen so often, and I think when it does, it feels a bit weird. I think to walk around the UK in a video game, it feels a bit in a nice way. It feels like, oh wow, this is kind of this is strange. Mm. When you're in, uh, you know, every, everybody's gone to the rapture or that level in Uncharted. Two was it, I think, with uh, Charlie three. and three. Three was it, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's strange, I think, to see the UK in a video game, and I I like it. So that's another draw to me, but ultimately, not sure whether I'll get it in the end. You also got to go see Stormzy's new single performed entirely oh in Watch Dogs Legion, right? I hope he was paid enough for that. Yeah, good that God, it was a terrible decision. <laughs> yeah, uh, have you got some weird news that is title appropriate? I thankfully I do, and it comes courtesy of Ernie Arrowsmith. Oh, thank you, our resident uh, Lord of the Rings character. Yes, precisely. Uh, this is from Polygon. Valve's Gabe Newell is sending a garden gnome into space. Okay, right. Valve co-founder Gabe Newell is sending a titanium garden gnome into space, a move that may sound like the unchecked vanity of a software billionaire, but is actually being done for scientific and charitable purposes. Oh. The obvious question you may be asking is, why is Gabe Newell sending a titanium garden gnome into space? Well, because in Half-Life 2 Episode 2, one of the game's achievements involved lugging a garden gnome. Yes. And I didn't know this. It was named Gnome Chomsky. Yeah, I knew that, actually. I've forgotten. (laughs) Through the entire game and depositing it inside of a rocket. But the real reason Newell and company are sending Gnome Chomsky into space is because the Valve co-founder is currently kicking it in New Zealand, where the rocket scientists at Rocket Lab are about to launch a payload of satellites. Mr Chomsky will be hitching a ride on Rocket Lab's Electron launch vehicle, and Newell has promised to donate money to charity as part of the launch. One dollar for every person who watches a stream of the launch, which could happen as early as the 15th of November. Uh, goes on to talk about the great work of the charity, and there we are. So and that's when it. Half Life Three is coming out. No, no, no. Just Noam Chomsky. Forget uh, Half Life Three. I can't. I just. Can't. I mean, I can. I'm really not bothered. I, I've never been that bothered. And I, if it never no, comes I out, don't, I don't care. I don't. I don't care either. Yeah. We were at that. Uh, we were at the Gamescom where that magazine took out a big advert, weren't we? You remember that one? Uh, there was a big Half-Life advert. 3 advert, you know, where the big banners are hanging outside the convention center. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and, you know, of the various games. And, yeah. And companies buy them. One of them was bought by a magazine, and uh, it was a mock-up of the Half-Life 3 logo just mm. to troll people. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't trolled because we don't care. 
No, um, we don't. We're like, ha. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Time to go get lost in the biggest crowd I've <laughs> ever seen. God, yeah. It was enormous, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so there we are. That's the weird news. It is. And it's time for question three now. Mm-hmm. This is from Connor Mountford, who says, Hey, lads. Why do you think Christmas and the festive season doesn't have many video games based around it? Halloween gets the video game treatment, but nothing for the most wonderful time of the year. Is there no room for a compelling adventure? Is saving Christmas too childish? Interested to know your thoughts. Stay uh, stay safe during lockdown to Electric Boogaloo. Infection's Um, getting higher. Oi! Oi! Uh, I'll quickly say, Peter, Mm. right off the bat here, horror is a genre. Exactly. This is exactly what I've written in my <laughs> that notes. That can be enjoyed all year round, and it just happens to have a holiday dead sort of associated with it. I said dedicated to it, like oh, horror's great. Let's make a holiday yeah. for horror. Uh, Christmas isn't a genre, no, uh, and can only realistically be enjoyed close to and on the holiday. Uh, there are, of course, some games set at Christmas time. DLCs Batman Arkham Origins, as well. yeah, Dead Rising Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it works better for because I love Christmas. I don't care for Halloween, but I love Christmas. But I think it works better for games to have Christmas content. Yeah, know, DLC mm-hmm. like Centro Four did. Borderlands Two has. Uh, it's hard to make a whole game dedicated to it purely because of just the. So- we live in a society, right? <laughs> we do, and the society we live in is geared to once it hits November. Especially this year, I don't really care about people's pro- uh, protestations. I think people should just start decorating, and you know, because if we're all stuck at home anyway, why not make yourself mm. happy? Yeah. Um, but then once you know you're you're what like a week into the new year, it all gets taken down, and nobody thinks about Christmas anymore, and it, you're not allowed. It's illegal. Yeah. So if they were to release a game, a you know, you can have games set at Christmas and that's and release them at any time, like Arkham Origins. It would make sense to release it towards Christmas, but that makes it more timeless, is that it just happens to be during Christmas time. If it's a game actively revolving around Christmas, then realistically it's only truly relevant at Christmas time in, I guess it's, in real life. It's like the debate about um Die Hard, isn't it? Whether that's mm. a Christmas movie. It's set at Christmas. Does that make it make it a Christmas movie? In some ways, not. I can see the argument on both sides. I don't even know. I, I have no strong opinions about that at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably on record saying it one way or the other at some point, but I really don't care. Um, but, you know, I can see both arguments. It's set at Christmas, you know, like Batman is. Yeah, if you want to watch but, it at Christmas, and watch it at Christmas. I yeah, but, yeah, but it's not story. about Father Christmas walking in and dying hard or whatever Die Hard is about. Delivering um, a little a little machine gun to John McClane because yeah. he's been good this year. Yeah, exactly. So you know that that's the whole thing. But uh, that's a that's a real pretty speech there, Ben. That's a real pretty speech. Uh, but I think the real answer why there are no Christmas games is because there's no improving on Santa Claus Saves the Earth. That is very true. We did um, we did top out, didn't we? Yeah. So I think your your entire argument is uh, is null and void because that's the real answer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I completely agree. I'm not even sure. I mean, you say that um, horror is a genre and therefore Halloween games can be enjoyed any time of the year. I'm not even sure there are that many Halloween games. Like, I was trying to think, I was I was thinking about this in uh, writing notes for the answer to the question. I was like, sure, there are loads of horror games out there. And I'm sure there are probably a lot of horror games that get released around Halloween. But are there 
that many games, like significantly more games, set on Halloween or themed around Halloween uh, compared to Christmas. I don't know if there are so many. I know there's um, oh, what what's that that game called? That sort of top down trick or treating costume quest. Yeah, costume quest. Um, there's, I mean, Kingdom Hearts has a Nightmare Before Christmas level which is halloween town but i guess also christmas related um but i I can't really think of that many halloweeny um video games so yeah i think the point is that uh, unless you can uh, anyone can prove me wrong i don't think there are that many halloween games there's just horror games and there's a difference between horror and halloween in the same way there's a difference between christmas and you know snow there's lots of snowy games (laughs) out there um and lots of warm family get-together video games out there, but they're just not set at Christmas. Um, and uh, yeah, it's Christmas isn't a genre is is the long and short answer. Really. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that's all it comes down to is that. And you're right, you know, Halloween, Halloween is te- is technically a genre because there's lots of stuff set at it outside of games. But you're right, there aren't that many games set at Halloween. Probably on a similar level to Christmas, but yeah. The whole point of Halloween is horror, and the whole point of Christmas is, I don't know, Christmas. It's just Again, that's the Christmas thing. It's isn't Christmas. a genre. <laughs> so yeah, if you that might be it. If you had a proper full-length game about Christmas, it would be like sixteen hours of candy canes and uh, reindeer and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can pack a game out. There could be like one or two good ones where, like you know, it's they they really go hard, and you play as Santa, and you like ride a sleigh and deliver I presents. I don't want to play that though. No, no, I that's, that's what I was going to say. So like if you if you made a proper Christmas game, mm. uh it it's already all those kind of things have been done. All the all the tropes and all the associations, we already know about them and how they work. Whereas at least with Halloween or horror, it's easier to innovate on that because lots of different things can be scary for different reasons, but you don't get lots of different things being Christmassy. You know, there are there's a very set list of things that are and are not Christmassy, and mm-hmm. so you can't you can't make a particularly innovative game, I don't think, um, without adding a an aspect that inherently isn't specific to Christmas. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a strange one. Well, there we go. It's time to move on, Peter. It is something. Rather large, much like Father Christmas's tum tum. It's time for the big discussion. Big discussion. Big discussion time. It's time for the big discussion. This comes, Peter, from Robert Mansell. Indeed. Who says, Hi, Ben and Peter, long time listener and Twitch watcher, Titanium Night 1990, first time patron and podcast questioner. How would TP rank the original trilogy and the Insane trilogy and Crash 4, as in from 1, the best, to 7, the worst? And Ben, how would you rank the From Software games from your favourite to least favourite? Sorry for the mouthful of a message. Big love. Big love. Wow. That's uh, that's quite the. Uh... Quite the question, is it not? Yeah. What do you uh, think, Peter? I mean, so how, I, how many games are we dealing with here? There's seven. Right? Well, first thing, yeah. Well, that's what I was about to say. First thing is, I misread that that tiny little bit from one to seven, and I've just ranked them: Crash One, Crash Two, Crash Three, Crash Insane Trilogy, and Crash Four. Like I've I've done the Insane Trilogy as all one game, but I guess I see. I see. 
I guess Titanium Knight wanted them all split up, but it's too late for that now. It's too That's late. That's fine. It's fine. Um, so I thought, like, uh, best thing to do is quickly, like, run through uh, kind of my, my rank of the original trilogy and then just say what I think of Crash 4 and Crash Insane and then give give the overall rank. Um, so I've said before, Crash 3 is my favorite of the originals. I think the level variety is great. I like the abilities. Like the the characters are really fun, probably my favorite soundtrack. Uh, good value for money, lots of levels and stuff, and time trials and things like that compared to the other two. Uh, then second place would be Crash One. Um, that's got like probably the most level variety of the entire trilogy. Weirdly, even though it's the first one, um, there's all kinds of different tile sets and and colors and shapes and locations. So that's super fun. Um, Good soundtrack, even though it's got like a very limited set of instruments compared to the others. Like it's they're not they're not thick they're not thick pieces of music. They're just uh, they're a lot more basic, but you know good melodies. Mm. Um, and and overall, it's just got a kind of um, an extra sort of X factor for being the original game. I just I just like it for that. Um, Crash Two is very much my least favorite of the three. Um, a lot of the levels are just like very similar to each other. There's lots of just jungle and snow in various slightly different permutations. Um, worst final boss of like the whole trilogy and Crash 4 as well. Um, and the USP is pretty much the jetpack, which controls really badly. So, <laughs> you know, I really don't actually like Crash 2 very much. And it's a lot of people's favorite, but... Um, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not keen. It's probably the best animated game of the original three, uh, but there you go. So then, uh, this, that's my my rank of the original trilogy. Moving on to Crash Four, amazing soundtrack, lovely art style, love the animations, best narrative of all the Crash games, but very very difficult. Um, probably, I think, slightly too difficult. It's doable. I've I've finished all the levels and stuff, but it's just it's a bit too hard. Frustrating because you have to like restart to get certain like unlocks and like awards and stuff if you die once and the load time still hasn't been cut down mm. um, or they still haven't added a feature where if you don't grab any checkpoints and you get warped back to the start of the level um, after dying that that should still count as your first attempt not added that in so you know but I still think it's better than Insane Trilogy because I mean, Ensign Trilogy's got value for money. It's got three games in it, which is brilliant. But, um, you know, it had those hitbox issues. Um, and Crash 4, I think, makes the Ensign Trilogy look really bad in comparison, oh. like visually, you know, in terms of art style and stuff. Like At the time, I thought it looked pretty good for the most part. Some weird, like, lighting effects and stuff where, like, people's eyes get strange shadows on them and things like that but i think like the realistic fur and water and stuff actually was a bad choice in hindsight so crash 4 has made it look worse um but the remastered music is really good so that's those are my thoughts on all of the games so now just a quick rank still in first place i've got to give it to crash 3 for all the reasons i mentioned there's very little that i dislike about that game second place would probably still be crash 1 actually um i think it being just the original really really adds something to it uh third place i would go uh, i would give to crash four um it would maybe even overtake crash one uh which has aged quite badly admittedly um if it wasn't so frustrating to play at times crash four you know it would it would be second place if it wasn't so uh infuriating now mm. and then 
Uh, fourth place, Insane Trilogy, only because the value for money puts it ahead of Crash 2. Like, it contains Crash 2 itself. Therefore, I think it's better than Crash 2. So, of the five, I think Crash 2 is the worst game of all. And that's really going to upset a lot of people. Oh, but there you go. You've heard my reasons. Try and convince me otherwise that Crash 2 isn't doesn't have really boring level variety. Because <laughs> it does. And you, I, get, you get them. Yeah, I got them good just you then. I just them. did it. Yeah. yeah. Burned. So hit me with uh, with FromSoft games and your justifications. Okay, my my justinfications. Yes, I've I've ranked them from worst to best. Okay, uh, sure. Just to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played Kingsfield. I have, so I can't can't rank that. Very 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 janky when you play it now. It's not aged well, but I had it at the time, and uh, wow, it was pretty enthralling it's very spooky yeah yeah it looks spooky it's got skeletons in it yeah it has too too scary for me to be honest uh so in and i also haven't played the obviously the other non-souls like games they've made so i'm assuming this is just ranking souls 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 sort of games in last place for me and this again this may ruffle some feathers but i really didn't enjoy it is sekiro yeah didn't finish that game and Mm -hmm. i just didn't like it it was not because it was bad um i just really didn't enjoy it it was too much of a departure from what i liked uh out of uh, the soulsborne series and i'm glad people really enjoyed it and clearly a lot of people think it's phenomenal and that's great but for me it's my least favorite didn't like it didn't get on with it so mm-hmm. it's at the bottom next is dark souls 2 which yeah. was uh developed still by fromsoft but it didn't have Miyazaki involved and Miyazaki is the big brain big brain time behind the other games and you could tell he wasn't there it felt like it was made by a satellite studio it was really weird it was almost like a a fan mod in a way yeah it's like universally considered probably the worst Dark Souls game right I think most people yes, would say some Dark people Souls love too. it some people love it for PvP oh, really? and yeah it's just it's really I think it's quite versatile in the stuff you can do with it in terms of the builds there's a lot of weapons and uh, sorceries and stuff that people like to mix and match with it I think it's the one that's most often referred to as fashion souls where you can right. do, there's just tons of things you can equip and just make some really ridiculous builds with it mm. Uh, but I'd, yeah, I've played it a number of times. I got the platinum in it last year. Um, it took me long enough. But uh, yeah, I think it's just it's notably different from the other ones. It's tonally very different. It feels strange. There's lots of mechanics that are adopted and then, you know, binned for the for the sequel. It's really strange. It's it's almost like, in fact, I'm almost certain it was Bandai Namco said we need to follow up to Dark Souls. Uh, Miyazaki said no, or I'm busy. And they were like, okay, well, someone else make it there then. And so they made it, and it feels very different as a result. I still like it, but it's just it's my least favorite Dark Souls game, for sure. Mm. Next is Demon Souls, the originator, the very first. Yeah. Sort of sort of like Kingsfield. Uh, it's a little janky, mm. but I think, you know, its its significance and importance can't be understated. It, it sort of revolutionized or created a whole genre right there. Yeah, and uh, and I remember being absolutely enthralled by it when not when I played it through for the first time because I didn't actually play it through the first time I played it. I think I got up to just beyond the tower night and then thought this is stupid, this is hard. I don't know what I'm doing. And my internet was crap, so I couldn't play online with friends really. Mm. And the uh, online infrastructure in that game was was terrible anyway. 
you know, you, there was no way of ensuring you were going to play with friends, which was by design, but ultimately worked not in its favour. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually I went through it properly and it was amazing. Really, really, really good. Loved it. Uh, then, for me, it's Dark Souls, the, 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 the first proper Dark Souls game. I don't really know what I can say about Dark Souls that people don't already know, hmm. <laughs> but it's uh, it's brilliant. Um, I think it loses some. I think it loses some steam towards the end, uh, in that it becomes a little not generic. That's not the right word, but it becomes a little tropey in that you go to the the giant fireplace, and then you go to the giant underwater not underwater, but you go to sort of like the the deep dark cave place, right? And uh, it starts to get. It starts to get a little bit, um, I don't know, let's say uninspired, because I think to begin with, it's it's really, really quite amazing to look at, mm. um, and how everything loops back on itself is ama- you know, incredible. And that was also done away with in Dark Souls Two. You pretty much just teleported, and the map doesn't doesn't line up with itself. But Dark Souls One was meticulously designed and really, really clever for that reason. Dark Souls Three is my second favorite. Um, and that was basically the original Dark Souls, but they took the stuff they learned from Bloodborne and put it into Dark Souls, where it's faster and smoother and far more pretty and mm. uh, just just a really solid, good game. And my favourite is Bloodborne, because Bloodborne's fantastic and I love the setting and it's so dark and horrible and oppressive and I think the combat is is such a fun twist on the established Souls combat. Yeah. And I really, really, really like that. And hopefully at some point they'll do a sequel. But who knows at this point? Who mm-hmm. even knows? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe think... it depends on uh, how successful the new uh, Demon Souls is. Maybe. Um... Maybe. Although that FromSoft aren't involved in that, but... Yeah, we'll see. But I mean, in terms of just seeing whether there's a a market for for well, I guess they they must know there's a market for oh, more. Yeah, they don't they don't huge... need to prove that the uh, <laughs> that the series was is popular. A huge success. Yeah, I'm of course it was. Yeah, it's because contracting from software is probably going to be quite expensive. I would mm. assume. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what their what their goal is. But I think I've got the platinum in every single one of those games apart from Sekiro. So mm-hmm. um, I I have I have thoroughly enjoyed all of them. I love them yeah. all, but those are those are my rankings. Wow, there you go. Wow, people have have really had a we we've never really have we ever done that. I think like we we obviously talk about our favorite sort of series and franchises a lot, but I don't mm-hmm. know if we've ever done proper rankings of uh, of said entries in series. I don't think so. Um, no. I've, no, I don't think so. I think we've been asked what our least favourite and what our favourites are, but I yeah, don't think anyone, probably. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we've properly ranked them. But there we go. That's yeah. it. That's all. There you know. That's all. That is all. Let us know what you made of what we've discussed today and what we discussed just there in the comments below or via the following channels, Peter. Uh, we are putting content out on youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. We stream on both, and when we do, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Cecil Prumps, Mad Stadactyl, and Trowling Badger. We've got social media, twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Luke Eldon looking after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. Patreon um, is patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Lots of rewards there, including asking questions on this podcast. Uh, we do a Discord call once a month where we chat to you. you. Um, and uh, 
worst games ever early and exclusive merch and lots of other things too. Go and have a look. We've got a Discord, which is bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump, and that is modded by Jack and Joe. Thank you. Um, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can listen to an audio version of this podcast in all the usual places, but by also going to play.acast.com forward slash S forward slash Triple Jump. There's no team in Triple Jump there. Um, the website is triplej.mup. And uh, the store is there. That's triplej.mup forward slash shop. Lots of merch coming soon, I think. I don't. Mm. We don't have a specific date yet, but keep an eye out. Yeah. Um, and also at triplej.mup, if you put a little forward slash VODs on the end, that will redirect you to our VODs YouTube channel where uh, we, we put all of our live streams. And also Pat is there editing weekly highlights together. Thank you, Pat. You can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday, Monday and Friday being the solo streams on Twitch and Thursday being the joint stream blaze it on YouTube. We've started playing through Aliens Colonial Marines. That game you should mm. come and watch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly, Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else. It's not a Worst Games Ever week this week, though. And the podcast is every Saturday with shows one every other week. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with algorithms. Something like that, anyway. Uh, this week, Peter, we've got a new What It Means to Me. We have, yes. This is from uh, this is from Hannah from Yogscast. No, no, um, she's left Yogscast. Well, I mean, she's not from Yogscast anymore, but I mean, that's how we know her. Right. Uh, or, or where we met her. Uh, but yeah, she's no longer with Yogscast. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's very exciting. Um, I don't th- I don't know, should should we should we reveal the game or or wait until uh, wait until it comes out? Well, it's it's out now. Oh, it's already out. At oh, the of time course, of release. At time of release, indeed. We're recording before it's gone out. Well, there you go. You can go and check it out. It's, um, I mean, I can't even remember what it is now. I'm just Prince looking it up. Prince of Persia. The Prince full, of Persia. Sands I've of really, Time. I've really sold this well, haven't yeah. I? That was a, a, a <laughs> seamless, good. a seamless, smooth, uh, you know, Hannah from Yogg's cast doing a thing about some game. I don't know what it is. Should we talk um, about it? I don't know. Can we? Yes, it's the future. Yeah, um, Hannah Rutherford, not from Yogscast, doing Prince of Persia. What it means, what it means to her. Yes, um, it's, it's a good one. Yeah, go go watch that. Yeah, I've uh, also got coming out this Sunday, playing every DS launch game. I've done that. That's oh god, there's some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also, I don't, are we allowed to? Do, is it? Is it? Do you reckon it'll be done? That thing we we're talking about earlier, or will that be later? I, I mean, I've not checked it yet, but it's almost certainly done. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we can say it's done. Okay. Potentially, there may also be a huge ranked list coming out. Maybe not this weekend, but potentially Monday. I mean, last time we said this, uh, we got a copyright flag. We on did the video that we we bigged up. So yeah, maybe we should remain remain cryptic for the time being. But yeah, a big, a really really big ranked list. Huge. There are 100 entries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's an hour and 45 minutes long. Um the the file that I've got to I've, that I downloaded uh is is 8 gigabytes. Um so that's going to be you you're definitely going to need your worst games ever T for that one, I think. Absolutely, um, and that's, maybe two. That's the hard work of uh, of our editor Alex and our it, our writer Philip as well. Absolutely is, yeah. Well done to both of those 
those team players there. All we do is sit down and read some stuff, and then they they make it good. Bunch of idiots, us. But yeah, uh, yeah hopefully that'll be out soon. So please, uh, please go and watch. Please, please go and watch that. Please, please, please do. Please go and watch that. The, uh, the man hours that have gone in, it won't be, it won't be financially viable. All woman hours, yeah. They won't um, be financially viable. Yeah. And finally, this week, we just want to say that we know the world is is very terrible, <laughs> for want yeah. of a better term, for it a is. variety of reasons. I know a lot, a lot of our uh, European brothers and sisters or others are, are currently entering a second lockdown or are already in a second lockdown, and we in the UK are now, or in England, I should say, are in a, are in a period of lockdown uh, for November. Hopefully, mm-hmm. that'll all be resolved before Christmas time. But we know that it's going to be weighing on on a lot of our viewers slash listeners uh, quite a lot. You know, from a from perhaps a mental health perspective. And mm. uh, we just want to reiterate that we will continue to do our best to keep you entertained uh, while you are stuck at home. If you are stuck at home, and if you're not stuck at home because you have to go out and do stuff, I know that that brings its own kind of stresses. Uh, mm-hmm. And we will we will continue to 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 make content to hopefully distract you uh, from from day to day life just a little bit. Absolutely, people sending their kids to school and knowing that there are positive cases at that school or have been. You know, I've seen that on social media, things like that. And uh, uh, you know, if if you're uh, if you are if you are at home, um, hopefully you are with other people. I know that's not possible for everyone, but uh, if you if you're struggling. Speak to those people. If you're on your own and you're having to just live in in a in a in a in a one bed place, uh, you can still speak to people. You know, you can you can get online, get on the phone. Uh, it's always important to talk these things through if you are struggling. So uh, yeah, um, stay stay safe and stay well. Mm. Not just physically with washing your hands, but uh, look after your head too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well. It is time for us to head off into the sunset, which is ironic, or appropriate, I should say. That's not what irony is. Uh, it's appropriate, given that we're walking on sunshine today in the video version. Peter, Whoa. what... <laughs> Oi! What is the uh, sponsor? One final time. Oh, tuck in to some delicious treasure hunters. It's the Great British Drake-Off. <laughs> mm. Yum, yum. <laughs> Great. Oh, I've got a ring in mine. Oh, no. Oh, oh it's going to make me sick. It is, Harvest but you Magna. could probably... Oh, very good indeed. No, I just That's... repeated the joke I did earlier, but I changed it slightly. I kept the punchline, I just changed mm. the joke. It was rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that's fine yeah you got any no that's it we're done okay thanks for yeah. listening everybody we'll see you again next week bye 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 